How do you know you're up to date? When you follow EMS World, you answer that question with confidence. Because when we say EMS World, we mean the whole world of EMS. The remaining question for you is how will you stay up to date? In print, online, at EMS World Expo, the world's largest EMS dedicated conference, and now in a podcast. Welcome to another episode of EMS World Podcasts. I'm your host, Mike McCabe. Today's podcast is sponsored by Medics Ambulances, safely delivering effective and efficient ambulances. Sometimes in this profession, we tend to overlook the importance of a reliable and safe rolling fleet. It's easy to do. We just take it for granted that we will get to and from a job in a box with four wheels and occasionally lights and sirens activated. But when you really think about it, the ambulance is vital to our success. It is our way of getting to and from a call, and it functions as our fast track, trauma bay, and code room, all under one roof and on top of four wheels. With such undeniable importance, choosing ambulance models, designs, and options within is not just important to administrators, but it's also important to the staff that spend 12 hours a day riding in them. Joining me today are two individuals who can relate to the importance of a safe and reliable fleet. Mr. John Smith is the CEO of UT Health East Texas EMS, and Mr. Clay Hobbs is the COO of Pafford Medical Services, which serves, and ready for this, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. Gents, thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having us. So I know that the ambulance and what is contained within is extremely important to both of you. Before we get into that, John, why don't you tell us a little bit about your service area, call volume, fleet numbers, for instance? Yeah, we we serve the East Texas area, covering about six counties, uh, roughly about 4,000 square miles. Uh, We're doing that uh, with fleet of 60 ambulances, uh, respond for 85,000 calls for service last year. So quite a bit of mix of a little bit of rural and city um, EMS service. And Clay, yourself, I mean, I, I did this on the read and it's, it's actually incredible how, how vast of an area you service. Why don't you just, you know, speak a little bit about the statistics to that? Sure. So we serve our communities uh, utilizing around 300 ground ambulances that respond from around 115 stations. And last year, we responded to about 325,000 requests for emergency services in very diverse um, geographical areas, including urban, rural, and frontier remote areas. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine what the, the fuel bill is for that fleet, and I don't want to think about it. But, you know, we're talking specifically about the ambulances and, you know, what goes into that? And obviously, you both come from from different operations and and have, you know, different uh, requirements and, and service areas. But as administrators, you you know exactly what goes into the process of acquisition. I'm curious, you know, Clay, you, you have a considerably larger fleet. When when we start to look at this, what goes into the purchase process for such a huge operation? Well, we really look at what the core operation is for the vehicle that we're purchasing. And sometimes that's distinctly different based on our geographical areas. You know, we have to look and see if an area has winter weather, if they have mountainous terrain, um, you know, what type of call volume and type 
call types are going to be responding to. So we have a fleet of vehicles that vary from type two van type ambulances all the way to medium duty, you know, larger type one ambulances. You know, you you look at personnel and, and what it is they want in ambulances. And, and that's really what the crux of this podcast is. You know, what what do the personnel want in this? And certainly it varies sometimes from what administration wants. But how, you know, I, John, what is what goes into that, you know, specifically for your operation as to how you set apart administration, boots on the ground, what they want, what you want, and how you meet in the middle? Yeah, no, it's a good question. We, um, from administrative side, you know, we're always looking at the budget. How many? I'm, I'm looking at replacing 12 trucks a year, so to make sure that we can keep, uh, you know, going out to bid, get the best price. But we also need um, looking at safety and crew comfort. So when we designed our ambulances, or anytime we make a change, we'll bring in a lot of the the staff, uh, and, and we'll show them their options. Um, we actually did a poll last time we ordered a. Uh, we started designing our ambulances, and uh, I, I thought that crew comfort and legroom would have been number one. It was actually number two behind cup holders. Um, <laughs> so we made sure every truck had cup holders. But in, in a more serious note, we did uh, the way we run our service area. Our crew spent a lot of time in the truck um, for for long hours. So making sure that they had a little bit of extra room in the cab, um, they were able to move around in the back um, comfortably. Have have safe seating was uh, was pretty important in the cons- in the consistency. We we really want the fleet to be uh, as consistent as we can. So any of our crews go from one truck to the next. It, they they know where everything's at. And then from an administrative side, um, it it helps with me storing parts. Um, if if most of my fleet in boxes and trucks are the same. It reduces the extra inventory I have to keep on hand. So it's kind of from an administrative side and from an, uh, an employee perspective there is kind of what we do. Clay, with with the size of your fleet, how, how often are you rotating out? And again, uh, basically the same question, are you taking into consideration what the staff is looking for? I mean, I know it's gigantic, the workforce. How do you, how, how do, you do that? Well, the first thing we really look at is safety. And we take the safety of our crew members and the patients that we're entrusted to care for uh, very seriously. And we want to make sure that as we are purchasing ambulances, that the features of those ambulances incorporate safety. Our number one request from our employees is uh, to have safe seating and comfortable seating in the patient compartment, in addition to cup holders and um, USB chargers so they can charge their cell phone or iPad or other devices. So we've started to incorporate some creature comforts like that into our new ambulance builds. But it, it's very um, difficult sometimes to listen to a workforce that, that spreads over several states um, but has different diverse call volumes and urban settings, rural settings, and sometimes very remote settings in which they're in the back of the ambulance with a patient for well over an hour per transport. Uh, for sure. And I, I would imagine that, um, you know, with with so many ambulances out on the road, the importance to the to the worker is is paramount. But in the same breath, you know, 
there are so many other facets that go into this availability, reliability, you know, cost. It's no coincidence that, you know, both operations, um, you know, the operations that you both oversee use medics. Um, and, you know, there's, there's certainly a cost factor to ambulances. And certainly I think, you know, I can speak also as an administrator that that inflation has, has been, you know, quite a thorn in many sides over the past years, uh, you know, how do you reconcile the cost with all of the amenities and safety that you want to get out of that ambulance? How do you, you know, meet in the middle there? Uh, John, why don't you, you know, maybe start up with yeah, that? Yeah, so cost is always a, a big factor and you can get, go from the smallest to the largest ambulance. Um, but we, we kind of looked at what, what do we really need? Um, what what would serve our citizens the best and as far as the size of the trucks where we started and we, we wanted enough room for our crews and our patients um, we're, we're getting more and more equipment on these trucks every day it seems so once we kind of found the size truck we wanted then we started comparing um, you know like ambulances because the uh, you know, type one type two type three they're, they're all different uh, we ended up with type three um, boxes but we would look at um, once we figured out what size truck we wanted, what we wanted in it. Then we looked and, and bid those out, and we were able to get what we wanted with with medics. And we've kind of stuck with that for consistency um, since the last five years. And I've almost got a fleet that is now you walk out to any truck and they're they're identical. So the the cost of the truck is one thing, but also the cost to maintain a diverse fleet gets it's kind of hard as well. Yeah, and, and I have to I have to imagine that the design process um, is a little bit easier when you do that. When you're consistent with that vendor, right, or or that manufacturer, they kind of understand what it is you're looking to do, and and they you know are able to accommodate that easily. Clay, what is that process? Has that become a little bit easier for you as the years have gone on and gone by with the consistency? Well, we've been with medics for over 10 years now as our primary ambulance provider. And together with our dealership at Southwest Ambulance Sales, they've been able to help us consistently maintain fiscal responsibility with the ambulances that we've, we purchase. During the pandemic, many ambulance providers um, were not able to obtain ambulances. We've been in a very different situation because our organization has forecasted the ambulances that we need to sustain operations and account for expansion. Medics and our dealership worked with us and we never um, did not have an ambulance delivered on time during the pandemic. And that's made us consistently a provider of choice in our communities when uh, communities are looking for you know, an ambulance provider because we've been able to provide vehicles. You know, that's a, that's, it's a really important point and, and, and something I wanted to touch upon as far as availability. John, did you have the same fortune as far as, you know, during the pandemic and, and thereafter about availability with units and, and being able to sustain operations with that rolling fleet? So, so we, we are also fortunate, um, you know, we, we've been with medics for, for five years now and um, also with Southwest Ambulance Sales has been our, our, our vendor and we forecast uh, over a year or two in advance and medics was always, you know, put us in line for what I will need next year, the year after. So 
we we were able to get all the trucks we needed through the pandemic when my partners and neighbors um, were not able to. So yes, we we were fortunate, same way Clay was. Yeah, I, I mean that that is really um, a, a great thing that you have in place there because again, I think it's. Um, I think it's the fact that you continue to have that relationship and, and you're able to forecast. What about as you turn these uh, units over, are, is remounting something that you utilize? So, yes, we we do remount our trucks. And that's one of the things when we were looking at buying the current boxes we had was that was the first question we asked. It's like, OK, now I'm going to buy the new truck, but I'd like to remount it at least once before I turn around and um, trade it off and buy another one and we, we do we're, we're still early next year will be the first year we'll hit the five-year mark where we'll start remounting trucks but absolutely clay how about you so we do have a very robust remount program and we remount 20 to 25 ambulances a year and they're all medics boxes when we were looking for a vendor and a manufacturer we wanted to make sure that the ambulance could be safely remounted of at least once, possibly twice, um, during the lifespan of the of the module, and consistently, our medics boxes have have been able to be remounted um, to meet our needs. That that really is great. What about you know we touched upon it earlier, but the the, sa- the whole the whole thing about safety is is everything, right? I mean, listen, we were all providers. Um, we are all providers. And, you know, way back when, let's be honest with each other, you know, we didn't always take safety, especially for ourselves in the back of these ambulances, uh, you know, as seriously as we should. And so now in in this day and age where there there are so many metrics and and so much data that comes out on a daily basis, I should say on a yearly basis, um, you know, what are some of the safety measures that are, are, are must have? you know, as we look to purchase these ambulances, you know, and, and I, when I say this, I say it from an administrative perspective, but absolutely from a boots on the ground perspective, what is different, you know, from back then to now? Yeah, I, I start some of the, and unfortunately we've had some accidents with, with our boxes and some are very better than others. The, these newer boxes, um, especially the, the medics trucks we've had, they, they've stood up, they're stronger where, some of our older ambulances, it seemed to be more wood underneath the the metal per se. But other than just you know the structural integrity of the box, the other safety thing that really uh, we were looking at when we were buying these is how easy can my crew clean this box? Is there a lot of uh, crevices and gadgets that they have to mop around? And that was part of our design, and, and Medic really supported us on that. We could run a mop through the back of our truck, and our cabinets are all easy to wipe down which paid off when we were doing that really vigorously during COVID. So uh, there's, there's probably a long list of, of safety things, but I like clay timing on that, but uh, those are some of the big ones we looked at. And the safety, you know, is, is definitely important for us. And we looked at what features and what seats we wanted to have in our ambulances. Um, about 10 years ago, we eliminated the CPR seat uh, from our standard ambulance build for safety reasons. Uh, We wanted to make sure that our employees were seated in the safest seat possible during the transport of a patient to the hospital. And we found that a lot of uh, people were sitting in the CPR seat, which we believe is a a danger point. Um, 
during the transport of a patient. So that was something that was very important to convey to our employees and, and get their buy-in that we wanted them to, to have those safe seat, seating capabilities and seat belts. And we've gone to a multi-point harness now instead of just a standard seat belt in all of our positions uh, in the back of the ambulance. We feel that um, our employees are on loan to us from their family when they're working for us. So we want to make sure that we return them them home at the end of their shift to the family. A perfect way to say it. And, you know, gents, it's it's really, there, there are so many options out there now, you know, more so than we've ever seen. But ultimately, the safety of, you know, patient and provider is of paramount importance. So when we talk about what, what is being looked for in the back of these ambulances, cup holders are great and, you know, charging, you know, port portals are great. But ultimately, anything that's going to make the, the experience safer inside that vehicle is is what is the most important so again gents i really want to thank you for coming on it was really insightful to get both perspectives you know two different agencies very large agencies and uh, you know i really want to thank john smith and clay hobbs for joining me today to you know give their perspective on this because again there there are so many things there are so many options but you know ultimately safety cost effective cost efficient clean simple and you know ready to use is what we're always looking for so you know john clay i want to thank you for coming on today no thank you for us. thank you so much i also want to thank medics ambulances for sponsoring the podcast medics ambulances safely delivering effective and efficient ambulances of course a big thanks to you for tuning in stay tuned for new episodes which drop regularly Once again, I'm your host, Mike McCabe. Thanks for listening to EMS World Podcasts. This has been an episode of EMS World Podcast. You can find this audio and more like it on the podcast page of emsworld.com. You can also follow EMS World on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. 